Matthew 19. From the New Living Translation. Discussion about divorce and marriage. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judea, east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him there, and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied. They record that from the beginning God made them male and female. And he said, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Then why did Moses say in the law, that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away, they asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery, unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, If this is the case, it is better not to marry. Not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said. Only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs. Some have made themselves eunuchs by others. And some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. Jesus blesses the children. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. The rich man. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer to your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? the man asked. And Jesus replied, You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect... Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you, that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones, 
judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. When we zoom out on today's reading, we see God's heart for covenant relationships. We start at the end of the passage with the parable of the rich man. We see that when we enter into a relationship with God, we can't bring anything with us but ourselves. Does that mean God doesn't want any of us to be wealthy? Not at all. His relationship with Abraham and Jacob and Solomon and the great heroes of the faith in the Old Testament, they were all wealthy men. So what does he mean when he says in the New Testament that it is more difficult for a rich man to go into the kingdom than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle? Biblical history includes a story that there was a physical gate in Jerusalem that was called the eye of the needle. And the story goes that this gate was so tight that one had to offload all your baggage in order to get through. And so this story appears to be an illustration where Jesus says, if you want to come into the kingdom, you can't rely on anything else. And nothing can compete for first prize with the Lord. And if there's anything that we are depending on or anything that we think we need, we're going to have to offload that and enter just you with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And so Jesus says that with man, this is impossible. And of course, because we cannot come to him unless he draws us. But when we do come, he requires our whole heart. And so I wonder, what is competing with our attention to put Christ first today? See, sometimes at that moment of salvation, we're willing to surrender all. And we recognize that he is our savior. He is everything we need. But sometimes as life goes on, other things start taking its place. So today is a day for us to take to recognize that he wants all of us. You see, he doesn't mind us having stuff as long as the stuff doesn't have us. And the second covenant relationship we see today is the one of marriage. And we see God's heart that marriage is an exclusive relationship. It is a promise before God that we will stay faithful to only one other for as long as we live and that we put that person first to the exclusion of all others. And I wonder who or what is competing for first place in our affection and our commitment to our spouse. Let's take a moment and bring our covenant relationships before the Lord.
Father, would you help us come to you just like children today in full dependence? Would you forgive us where we have allowed other people or other things to compete with and prevent us from putting first things first in our relationship with you and our relationship with our spouses. Father, we ask that you pour out your grace and that you help us to reject anything that prevents us from giving ourselves wholeheartedly to you and to our spouses.